And greetings, everyone. This is Terry Naturally with another edition of Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here every Saturday and Sunday morning from 8 o'clock until 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. And we are here for you. We are glad to be here to share information with you as how you may be healthier, have more vitality, more energy, less exhaustion and fatigue, less stress, and just live a healthier lifestyle. We're just sharing documented scientific evidence that food is our best medicine and only you and I can improve our health. No one else is going to help us. You might as well admit it. You might as well accept it. Drug companies don't care if you're healthy or not. In fact, they like you sick. They sell more drugs when America is sick. That makes their shareholders really happy. And doctors can help you be healthier. They have never been educated or trained on the healthier side of life. Their education comes on drug therapy, surgery, radiation, and all the harsh treatments of our body not the healthy treatments to our body. So we are sharing information with you that hopefully you may use if you choose. You don't have to. But I think if you're listening to the show, you must have a motive, a want, or a need to be healthy. I want you to be healthy. I know what it's like to be unhealthy, the first 20, 25 years of my life were very unhealthy. And someone helped me turn it around. In fact, I had three angels who came into my life at various times in my life to help me change to get me where I am today. And I thank them in my prayers every day for guiding me to where I am today. And I hope that we help guide you that someday you will be much, much healthier than you are today. It doesn't make any, any difference how old you are, what conditions you are struggling with, what positions you have in life. Everybody, regardless of wealth or position or condition, can all be unhealthy or healthy. And we are here to share with you information that can make you healthier and make your life better. So today we're going to talk about our featured topic, and that is night vision. There are millions of people that are challenged by driving at night, by being able to see effectively in low light vision or conditions. So we'll talk about how to improve your night vision and maybe give you many more years of driving at night. And then we'll talk about a new study on artificial sweeteners. Oh, they're never good. So we'll update you on that. Exercise. Well, I'll tell you what. There are very few people in America who exercise. 
In fact, Americans are the number one at sitting all the time. And did you know that belly fat is far worse than just being overweight? We're talking about two brand new studies on the risk of cancer. And you know the old adage, eat breakfast like a king or queen and then eat dinner like a prince. And how do you stop chronic indigestion, which also affects millions of Americans? We'll talk all about that right here on Terry Talks Nutrition. I'm Terry Naturally, and we're here to help change your life. If you desire that, if you choose that, if you want that, no one is twisting your arm, but I know it'll make a change in your life for the better. As I said earlier, I know what it's like to live an unhealthy life with severe depression, unhappiness, angry, moodiness, irritability, overweight, all kinds of problems when you're unhealthy. And it makes you so irritable, angry, obnoxious, sarcastic, never feeling well. So when people snap at you, more than likely they may not feel well. People that are not feeling well are not happy. So you can't expect someone who is grossly overweight, unhappy with life, exhausted, fatigued, stressed out, to smile at you and come back with a very nice greeting. So sometimes we, we have to cut them some slack. They, we don't know how bad off they are. So wherever you are, spread kindness because everybody is struggling today. Look at all the stress that we've had the last two or three years. COVID, and all the stress that people are under now with having to pay more for everything. It's been estimated that a family of four spends $700 a month more today than they did two years ago. Inflation, stock market, sliding into the toilet. Things not going very right. There's not much very good to say about America today. We have lost our premier standing in the world. So we don't have much to look forward to at this point. But stay optimistic. I things will I think things will change. But right now you may be under stress trying to get those extra dollars together to pay for the gas, to pay for clothes for the kids going to school, paying for their tuition, paying for their books, paying for some hospital plan, pain, pain, pain. And it sounds like I'm saying pain, pain, pain. That goes with it too. 
when you're paying out more dollars, it is more painful. And we're not getting much more for it. In fact, less. So we can make changes. Getting healthier is one aspect of making change. So let's talk about night vision. Vision problems are common. 12 million Americans over the age of 40 have problems with their vision. And did you know that by age 60, the human eye requires three times more light to see than at age 20? Difficulty seeing clearly at night is extremely common. Millions of elderly elderly people have given up driving at night. And that curtails their entertainments, getting out with friends, going out to play cards, play bingo, or going to, to dance class, whatever it might be. They just don't go out at night because they can't see. They have lost their night vision. Now, night vision is totally different than daytime vision. And to make changes in your nighttime vision is a collection of nutrients that's totally different than daytime vision. And this loss of night vision can also be the first sign of more serious eye problems such as cataracts, clouding in the lens of the eye, causing blurry vision, macular degeneration. This is degeneration of the center of the retina. The retina is a part of the eye that senses light. Glaucoma, eye pressure in the eye, and very high pressure in the eye. Diabetic retinopathy. Damage to the blood vessels in the retina caused by high blood sugar. Eating, eating a lot of sugar is damaging to so many different functions of the body that if you want to be healthier, you can't eat sugar. You got to give up sugar. Soft drinks laden with sugar. Desserts. All these traits totally damaging to the body and to the eye. And diabetic retinopathy is the major cause of eye blindness in diabetics. So now how can we protect our vision? Well, with a number of things we can do. First of all, there are two plant extracts called lutein and xanthine, which are bioflavonoids. They're carotenoids. They are yellow, orange, and red plant pigments. Primary mechanism of action is that they are powerful antioxidants. And some more recent research 
on these significant carotenoids that are found in the eyes is that they will reduce the risk of cataracts. It won't prevent cataracts. And if you have cataracts, it won't reverse them. But it will reduce the risk. So start early. Don't wait until you have cataracts. And then I have had, have had people ask me, I have cataracts. What can I do to get rid of these cataracts? It's somewhat too late. But you can reduce the risk of onset cataracts and protect against age-related macular degeneration, commonly referred to as AMD, and helps prevent mild diseases from progressing to severe diseases. Now, in macular degeneration, losing the light in the center of your vision, high intake of carotenoids reduced macular degeneration by 43%. And you also want to guard the macula from damage caused by blue light. Blue light, that means TVs, games, phone, all the things that we look at, screens. These are all sources of blue light that damage our eyes. Kids who are constantly looking at screens, TVs, games, phones. They're going to have the onset of eye diseases and the risk of cataracts and of glaucoma and all these other eye conditions much, much earlier in life if they continue to look at all these screens. In a clinical trial of 40 subjects, supplementation, that means taking a supplement with lutein and xanthine, improved the macular pigment optical density by 40%, greatly reducing the possibility of macular degeneration. and also prevented the damage by blue light. Now, there are some very wonderful vitamins and minerals that can help boost your vision, improve your vision. Now, we've talked about OPCs a lot. OPCs is an abbreviation, three letters, O-P-C. It's an abbreviation for a long plant chemical name. It's not synthetic. It's not a bad chemical. It's just a chemical from a plant source. And the plant source, source is grape seeds. Stands for oligomeric proanthocyanidins. And they prevent or slow the progression of macular degeneration and helps prevent the formation of cataracts. 
improves and strengthens the capillaries, feeding the retina to prevent retinopathy. Very excellent French grapeseed extract. Now we talked about the carotenoids. Carotenoids can convert in the body to vitamin A. But I have an issue with that. Because a lot of companies now are using beta carotene in the source and replacement of vitamin A. That'll never happen. We need vitamin A. Straight vitamin A. Not beta carotene. For vitamin A. If all conditions are correct in the body, beta carotene, beta carotene can convert to vitamin A. Now that's not done in everybody, and we don't know who those people are that may not be able to convert. So you may be taking beta carotene all your life and never make and convert to the vitamin A that you are required to have to be healthy. So you're rolling the dice, so to speak. That maybe when you take beta carotene, it'll convert to vitamin A. I don't want to take that chance. Not everybody can convert the beta carotene to vitamin A. So we need vitamin A, retinol. And vitamin A deficiency causes night blindness. Not beta carotene, but vitamin A. A lacking of vitamin A in the diet or in a supplement is one of the primary causes of night blindness. In the 1930s, this was called the optimal vitamin. Any deficiency may be associated with bariatric surgery or other problematic intestinal issues causing pure, poor, excuse me, poor vitamin A absorption. So you need vitamin A. So if you're taking a multivitamin and mineral supplement and it says vitamin A, beta carotene, it is not vitamin A. It could be, or it couldn't be. So, don't take the chance. Now, another one, we've talked about French grapeseed, we talked about vitamin A. And zinc. Zinc boosts the effects of vitamin A on vision. In a clinical study of gestational night blindness, Women treated with a combination of zinc and vitamin A were four times more likely to have their night vision restored than the placebo group. But zinc alone did not restore vision. It was only beneficial when combined with vitamin A. The ideal combination is to have a formulation 
combined with 20 milligrams of lutein, 1,000 micrograms of xanthine, with OPCs from grapeseed, vitamin A, and zinc to take care of your eyes. So this is a formulation that can improve your night vision four times more effectively than with a placebo, placebo, a fake pill, or not improving your vision at all. And this was a very interesting study. This was a clinical study of gestational light night blindness. Women treated with a combination of zinc and vitamin A were four times more likely to have their night vision not improved, but restored than the placebo group. Zinc alone did not restore vision. It had to be a combination of vitamin A, not beta-carotene. This is really very critical. Now, in the beginning of the program, I mentioned we'll talk about artificial sweeteners. Why are they so bad for your heart? And researchers are now finding that artificial sweeteners are not the answer just because they don't have any calories they still have an effect chemically and biologically on our body, not in a good way. Artificial sweeteners are bad. In fact, researchers in France surveyed 100,000 adults looking at their intake of artificial sweeteners and their heart health. And the results of this study versus low or no intake of artificial sweeteners, the subject who consumed the highest levels of aspartame or sucralose were more likely to experience heart disease and had a 30% higher risk of a stroke. This, is what, this may be what you will have to experience if you are a big user of artificial sweeteners. Artificial sweeteners are not, let me say not, a healthy alternative to sugar. I hate sugar, but I hate, hate, hate artificial sweeteners. So if you have to use a sweetener, Use sugar or honey and limit that to just maybe one serving or one little packet of sugar or maybe one little dripping of honey in your tea or coffee or whatever, wherever you use it. Artificial sweeteners, well, what can we ever find good about artificial chemicals? They were not meant to be in our body. Our body does not know what to do with artificial sweeteners. They are so damaging. To avoid artificial sweeteners, 
a good thing to keep in mind. Now, Americans, we do not exercise anywhere near enough. They are the best. In fact, most Americans are number one at sitting on their butts. Doing nothing. Americans sit more than any other industrialized country in the world. Researchers equipped over 1,000 adults across the United States with computerized meters and compared their average number of steps to similar studies in other countries. They used pedometers to determine the the number of steps. And Americans move less on a daily basis than any other country in the world. The average American takes about 5,000 steps a day. That's roughly 30 to 50% fewer steps than other developed countries such as Japan and Australia. In comparisons, a study with the Amish people, the Amish farming community, found that Amish men average 18,000 steps a day and Amish women 14,000 steps a day. Get up and walk. Get up and exercise. Weight-bearing exercises. Just before I came down to do this program, I was going through my research studies for the day, and I came across a study that I put on my Facebook. You should follow me on my Facebook. You can follow me under the name of Terry Lemerond, L-E-M-E-R-O-N-D, or Terry Talks Nutrition. I have two websites, excuse me, two Facebooks where I post very interesting subjects and other things too. You'll also see my private side, so to speak. Not real private, but but more than, than the public generally sees. And it said that if you are using exercises, weight-bearing exercises, you'll have lived 20 to 30% longer than those who do not do any exercise. So I've got to stop here, friends. We're at the bottom of the hour, time to take a break for commercials, and then I'll be right, right back. So this is Terry Talks Nutrition. I'm Terry Naturally, back right after these messages. And welcome back, my friends. This is Terry Naturally, and we're on Terry Talks Nutrition. We're talking about a variety of topics. We talked about how to improve your night vision, why artificial sweeteners are so, so unhealthy, and why Americans are the number one country in the world for sitting, doing nothing, exercising their fingers when they're using the remote control, 
exercising their fingers using the computer. Not anything constructive to improve their health. We are doing everything unhealthy in America. We are one of the, well, we are not one of the health, unhealthiest countries in the world. We are the unhealthiest country in the world. There are 37 industrialized nations that are monitored by the World Health Organization. 37. America is 37th on the list of healthy countries. Number one is Japan. And we slide all the way down to the last spot of the 37 industrialized nations. Pretty sick, pretty sad. When we are the, should be the, the elite country of the world. We are not. And it's going to get worse before it gets better. They have predicted that by the year 2050, that's about 30 years away, everybody will be obese if we do not change our lifestyle choices. And you and I have every right and every freedom and every reason to change our lifestyle for the better. You can do it. It's your choice. Whatever you eat, whatever you decide to do for exercise, or if you do exercise, whatever you do daily is a choice. I hope, you, I hope you're choosing well, because health is a choice. Just have to choose well to have the choice you would want to enjoy and to have the health you'd want to enjoy. So let's talk about belly fat. I have a lot of people that write to me say, especially women, how do I get rid of my belly fat? It's not easy, but it can be done, but it takes time too. You can't be in a rush, and there is no pill, no pill anywhere in the world that helps you rid the the body of belly fat. And it is the worst kind of fat than just being overweight. It's a terrible fat. In fact, belly fat increases the risk of heart attacks more than just being overweight. And this is, this is, I'm going to talk to you about a study right now that is a very large study, very long study. So studies that are, have more population in the study and a longer study gives you a lot more information than just like a two-week study with five people. Doesn't give you much room for error. But researchers that followed 430,000 adults for 13 years, looking at total body fat, BMI, waist size, and the incidence of heart disease. Heart disease and heart attacks and stroke still is the number one cause of death in the United States, probably worldwide. 
So the result, waist size, was more closely tied to heart disease than total body weight. The waist size. When I started my ketogenic diet many years ago, my waist size was 36. I'm five foot six, five foot seven. Now that I'm on the ketogenic diet and have been for many years, I have not I have not grown. I'm still five foot six or five foot seven, but my waist size is between 30 and 32. The best I've read on research for waist size by a medical doctor that did research to determine what waist size we should have. And your waist should be measured to be half your body height. So if you're six feet tall, that's 72 inches. So your waist should be 36 or less. My waist size then was for a six foot person and I was not six foot. So calculate how tall you are and divide that in half. And that's what your waist size should be. And it is the most predictive indication of reducing the risk of heart disease, heart attacks, and stroke. I don't like the old BMI. I like the waist size being half of your height. But in the study that I'm referring to now, those with the highest BMI, body weight, waist size, had two and a half times more increased risk of heart failure versus people with a low BMI. But those with the largest waist size, the risk of heart failure was 25% higher, 3.2 times increased risk versus people with very little body fat, belly fat, excuse me, belly fat. So we can reduce our belly fat. Why is belly fat so bad? Well, because all that fat in the belly is also connected to all of your organs and glands. It's called the visceral fat. This kind of fat causes a huge amount of inflammation. Fat cells produce a tremendous amount of inflammation from each little cell. And the more fat, the more fat cells, the more inflammation. And this kind of fat causes inflammation that damages organs like the heart, kidneys, and liver 
and increases the risk of other serious diseases. And it's even worse for women. Women with high levels of visceral belly fat have seven times increased risk of diabetes, 20% greater risk of heart attacks, 37% more likely to develop asthma, and almost twice as likely to develop invasive breast cancer even if the total BMI is normal. Now, being overweight is just not being out of shape. It is producing a very unhealthy body, unhealthy conditions that arise with diseases that someday you may have to take drugs for or it curtails all the things you want to do. So there are some things you can do to reduce the visceral fat. Remember when I said I went on the ketogenic diet? I believe the ketogenic diet, or at least a similar low-carb diet, carbohydrates are a form of sugar. All bread, pasta, cakes, pies, all the flour and grain products, are converted to sugar before they're metabolized in the body. So it's just not cutting out sugar. It's cutting out carbohydrates and sugar. Just don't cut out sugar. Stop, avoid, and get rid of sugar, which is the most damaging. But all those carbs that most Americans consume are another form of sugar. Very, very damaging to the cells. And that's how we get fat. When my waist size was 36, now it's 30, 32, that increases longevity, increases your health, and reduces belly fat. Don't continue to eat the old diet and try to include exercise because you can't exercise a bad diet. You can't outrun a bad diet. A bad diet is the worst choice for your health. Change your diet. I highly recommend the ketogenic diet. You can also select the paleo diet, the Mediterranean diet, But keto is much, much more effective, faster, and gives you the best result. If you want more information on the ketogenic diet, I'll give you two websites. So jot these down. Ketogenic-diet-resource.com. That's ketogenic-diet-resource.com. The other website is thedietdoctor.com. Both are excellent 
to help you become acquainted with a better way of eating by reducing sugar and carbohydrates and gaining your health and your fitness back easily. But other ideas as well. Belly fat is associated with a lack of sleep. Sleep at least seven to nine hours a night. And exercise, both aerobic and strength training are needed to reduce belly fat. 30 to 60 minutes a week on strength exercising and a half hour to an hour on aerobic exercise two or three times a week. You got to get moving. There's no pill that'll cut off, that'll reduce your belly fat. Not at all. There's no miracles out there. There's only discipline, sacrificing, and hard work. Now, here are two new studies I just ran across that I thought would be very interesting to share with you. These two studies on, on, are on, I should say, increased cancer risk. How can we lower the risk of cancer? Why are so many people getting cancer at younger ages? Cancer is on the rise in people under the age of 50 and in children. Cancer was once considered to be an elderly risk factor. As people live longer, they have a greater risk of being diagnosed with cancer. But now, early onset cancer rates, that is cancer before the age of 50, have risen dramatically since the 1990s. Just 40 years, 30 years rather. Researchers looked at 14 different early onset cancers and found that eight are associated with digestive system, including colon cancer, cancer of the stomach, and cancer of the liver. One theory to explain why cancer rates are increasing that early in life is because we are exposed to diet, lifestyle, weight, and the microbiome. And they have changed drastically over the last several decades. So we are changing our diet our lifestyle choices, how much we weigh, and the amount of probiotics in our gut. Versus previous generations, I've looked at pictures back in the 1970s. Now, that's not very far away. That's 50 years. And many of those pictures were taken on the beaches. And a lot of those beaches were swarming with people. You could not find a fat person on the beach. Now, did all slim people go to the beach? 
I doubt it. I see an awful lot of fat people on beaches today. It's just a general change in American lifestyle choices. And what drug companies and food companies force upon us. Unfortunately, our generation and those in the past 50 years that has changed who we are has brought about more sedentary activity, lazy, sitting, hey, we're the number one country in the world who sits all the time. We eat more processed, highly processed foods. We use more antibiotics, consume more alcohol, sleep less, weigh more, and have high blood pressure, high blood sugar levels. All are risk factors for cancer. You know, I've had cancer patients tell me that their doctor said, eat whatever you want, whatever makes you happy. Probably what you've been eating has gotten you into the condition where you are at risk of cancer or have cancer. Those that have high blood sugar, sugar feeds the cancer cells. Cancer cells die when there is no sugar to feed them. So take that big risk factor out of your lifestyle. Avoid all sugar. Reduce drastically the amount of carbohydrates. Everybody would be healthier on a low-carb diet. There's no question. Now, here's something very interesting. You know, we try to raise, and, and there are fundraisers, fund-driving to raise awareness of cancer and what they want more money for research. They want more money to find a cure for cancer. But the majority of the cancer that is caused is caused by what you and I do every day. There will never be a drug that will be developed to cure cancer. Cancer is the result of our lifestyle choices. Here's a big wake-up call. 50% to 70% of all cancers can be prevented by changing three risk factors. And you and I control those factors if we choose. The largest study ever published on the link between cancer and its risk factors using estimates of cancer cases and deaths from more than 200 countries. Researchers identified the three major risk factors most closely associated with an increase in cancer. 
Number one, smoking. Number two, the excessive use of alcohol. A beer once in a while or a glass of wine, fine. And obesity, being overweight. The more overweight, the greater the risk of cancer, especially of colon cancer. There are other risk factors as well that are associated with cancer, such as environmental chemicals or workplace exposure to cancer-causing chemicals, like pesticides, herbicides, chemicals in all the environment. Simply not smoking, staying at a healthy weight, and drinking alcohol in moderation can reduce the number of cancer cases by 50 to 70%. Now, they don't even have a drug that does more than 10%. And all drugs are extremely Harsh, most drugs cause many phases of suffering, and many drugs kill the cancer patient before the cancer can. They are so toxic, it just does not make any sense to me that if you could give a cancer drug to a healthy person over time, you will make that healthy person sick because the drugs are that harsh. So how can you take an unhealthy person and make them well with a drug that makes healthy people sick and die? And yet we can change that around by being able to lower the risk of cancer 50 to 70% by just three things, smoking, excessive alcohol, and obesity. We are not healthy. We are the, the sickest country in the world. I said that before, but unfortunately, it's, it's the truth. Now, I mentioned before that breakfast should be consumed like a king or a queen. Does it matter when you eat? Well, previously published studies have reported that consuming more calories early in the day and fewer calories in the evening helps promote weight loss. In a new two-month long study, over overweight people ate a big breakfast and a small dinner for one month, and then ate a small breakfast and a big dinner for one month. And the results of this study, while there were no significant differences in blood sugar levels or body weight after each four-week period, a big breakfast and a small dinner was associated with a greater satisfaction and less hunger. 
for the subjects of the study. Over a longer period, eating a big breakfast and a smaller dinner could promote weight loss and at least be helpful in preventing weight gain. Having a healthy breakfast, two to four eggs, cooked however you like. They could be scrambled, they could be an omelet, they could be poached eggs, boiled eggs, however. Eggs are very, very good healthy foods, good concentration of fat, contains 13 vitamins and minerals that we need every day. Two or three, four or five strips of bacon, maybe a very small piece of fruit that is a very low sugar fruit, maybe like grapefruit, maybe a cup of coffee with cream, or not, not, or it could be just black. And when you ate a healthy, fat-promoting breakfast, it was shown that that person eats 500 calories a day less. And if you give up 500 calories a day less over a week time, that's seven days, that's 3,500 calories, and it takes 3,500 calories less to lose a pound. So eating a big breakfast, not getting your breakfast at the drive into the coffee shop, no danishes, no croissants, uh, no bagels. Those are all carbohydrates. No oatmeal, carbohydrates. Eggs for breakfast. We've gotten away from the American breakfast. Eggs, bacon, sausage, whatever it might be. No toast, no hash browns, mushrooms, fried onions, and maybe a very, very small sugar, less or low sugar fruit. You'll feel fantastic. With that, my friends, I've got to run. I'm almost out of time here. So join me again tomorrow. 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock Central Standard Time right here, same station, same time. And with that, my friends, say a prayer for this crazy, crazy world. God bless you. And God bless this great country. Thank you for listening to Terry Talks Nutrition Weekly Show. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple, Google, and iHeartRadio.